Welcome to episode 148 of the Jackson Hole Connection, recording right here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Support for this episode comes from Teton County Solid Wastes and Recycling, reminding you all to reduce, reuse, recycle, and compost wherever you live. Avoid using those single-use products whenever possible, and remember to bring reusable bags while you go shopping. Additional sponsorship comes from the Deli at Jackson Hole Marketplace. Whenever you're hungry for breakfast or lunch, think of the Deli at Jackson Hole Marketplace. We only use fresh baked bread and boar's head meat to build certain yum for your belly. Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. I'm Stephen Clark Abrams, your host. Thank you everybody for tuning in each week and all of the new listeners. I know you each have found this podcast on your own or through a friend. So please get out there and share this podcast and give it a rating, which makes it easier for other people to find this as well. Remember, people sharing their stories are the same people we see walking around our town each day. We all have stories to share, and stories allow us to all learn and grow so we can live full lives. Today's guest is Bryce Dunn. He's a local business owner and one of the many unsung heroes in this community who keeps the town shining. Bryce's perspective on life and business is one which we can all reflect on and appreciate. Bryce is raising a family right here in Jackson, running a growing business, all while maintaining a sparkle in his eye, even though he is absolutely exhausted. Bryce's story is a unique one, which begins in a small town in Oregon. This is the guy who works in the background of our community and keeps it going 365 days a year. Bryce, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. Wonderful to meet you and have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It's great. You betcha. So let's start off today's episode, as I try to start off all episodes, is I like to hear from the people I'm talking with how they landed here in Jackson. You were telling me a little bit ago that you weren't born here, so you've been here for about 20 years. So where did you grow up? Where did you come from? How did you end up? getting here in this amazing place yeah i grew up in a small town in in oregon and uh never really my heart was never really there i always wanted to travel and and be somewhere else and uh uh so one day i just decided it was like february 4th and i decided i was going to move to alaska and i i drove to fairbanks it took me four days to get there i was up there working uh heavy equipment on fort rainwright and I made uh, really good money, but it was really hard on my body. So I uh, got introduced into massage therapy and decided, hey, this is great. I changed my life. I'd like to do that for other people. And so from Alaska, I moved to Utah. I found at that time one of the best massage schools, and that was in uh, Provo, Utah. So I moved down there and, and went to massage school and really wanted to go somewhere else and, and be adventurous. So I looked at jobs in uh, Telluride at the time and I went and visited Telluride and it was great. It's awesome. Great little community and uh, came to Jackson and, and got an offer from a hotel here in Jackson that I couldn't turn down. And so I moved here and, and did massage for them for a lot of years. And what year did you move here? I moved here in 2002. Cool. Glad you found this place big transition from you were working 
on heavy equipment or you were working like you were driving the heavy equipment? What were you doing there in Alaska? Yeah, driving. I was an operator. Uh-huh. And I'm very I'm I'm not familiar with this at all, but how was that hard on your body out of curiosity? Uh mainly I ran an excavator uh-huh. and a bulldozer. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of just bouncing. There's no suspension in those machines at all. Oh, okay. So a lot of bouncing up and down. Uh-huh. And what to go from heavy machine operator to masseuse? I mean, there's so many other things to think about. Did you get a massage to make you think that uh, to spur that idea? Yeah, yeah. I've always kind of had back issues, mm-hmm. and uh, I met somebody up there that was doing massage, and you know, they had said, "Oh, well, have you tried massage?" And I was like, "No, no, that's not my thing. Like, I'll just go to the chiropractor." And and so it took some convincing, but then I tried a shiatsu massage. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, it, it it changed my life. It took away so much pain. It became, you know, like a two or three time a week thing that I'd have a shiatsu massage. And it really changed how I lived my life because my back pain was so much better. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, hey, that's something that I'd like to do for people. And, and I was really interested in it. So I actually kind of started with essential oils. And so I learned a few different techniques and stuff with essential oils. And that led me into going to massage school. Fabulous. Yeah. And there's so many different styles and methods of massage. What, tell us about shiatsu, that you that type that you are receiving. Yeah, shiatsu is like um, an Eastern modality. So uh-huh. it's done on the mat, on the floor. Um, the, the client stays fully clothed and it's a lot of stretching. And then some good pressure points, and, you know, it was exactly what my body needed at that time. And is that what you're trained in? Yeah, I did receive training in shiatsu, um, also deep tissue massage. There's just standards that you get trained in, effleurage and reflexology. Mm. And the school I went to at that time was uh, was just over, it was like 11, and 11 months long. So mm-hmm. I actually learned a lot of different modalities. Fabulous. So the spirit inside of you took you to Alaska. What was it like living there? Um, it was it was awesome. It was the adventure I was looking for. You know, like I think my first night in Alaska it was like forty seven below. No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people move to Alaska in February. Right. Well, and when I moved to Jackson, I moved here in December too. So, <laughs> yeah, Alaska was it was incredible. I've always wanted to go back. You know, like. In the winter, the Aurora Borealis was was so beautiful, and you know, while I was there, I definitely I worked a lot, but I took my time to go fishing and, and go exploring hot springs. I love a lot of hot springs, and uh, I just I don't have a bad memory of Alaska. How did the long days in the is it the long days in the summer and really long nights, darkness in the winter? Yeah, yeah. Fairbanks is high enough that it it does stay light. 24 hours a day so in the summer i mean it gets it gets dusk it's not daylight mm-hmm. but i mean you can still play golf at two o'clock in the morning if you oh, want man to. <laughs> and then what about in the winter time yeah it only gets light uh-huh. and it doesn't even really actually get like daylight for like an hour a day you can actually fairbanks is located like in a horseshoe of little mountains and you can watch the sun peak up over the mountain mm-hmm. only about a quarter of the sun and it kind of cruises across the mountain for about an hour and then goes back down oh man how did your body adjust to that coming from oregon um I, well luckily enough i was young enough it didn't matter it certainly takes an adventurous soul to 
to live a life like that in in Alaska. I've heard from some people that is the hardest part about living in Alaska. It's not the winter time; it's the lack of daylight at times. Yeah, it can definitely make you to feel depressed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people struggle with that. Um, I guess it just didn't affect me. I was I was busy, and you know, I always stay busy. It, it didn't matter. the The hard part for me was actually the summer, because I was such an active person. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'd be out playing golf or doing something with buddies and you look at your watch and it's literally like two or three o'clock in the morning and you have to be to work at 6 a.m. And you're so you're going to work on like one or two hours of sleep. You oh, know? man, that's brutal. That's crazy. So you moved here in 2002 to work at a hotel as a massage therapist. And how long did you remain in that world of massage? I did until... Well, I, I still do a little bit here and there just for uh, friends and family. I did until about 2010. I moved away from Jackson in 2007 to start a construction company back in Oregon with some family. And that did really good until the 2008 crash. And so I came back to Jackson and went back into massage again. And uh hard to think back, but I, I still did it full-time, I think, until about 2012. Okay. And now you are um, the owner of a well-known cleaning company here in town. You're a business owner. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the name of that uh, company that you are now a partner partner in? Uh, White Glove Professional Cleaning. Yeah. I, I do own it. I bought it from my wife's parents. Okay. Yeah. And when did you and your wife meet here? I met my wife at a spa in the village in 2009. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did you guys meet at a spa? Uh, she was also working in the spa. She was okay. a nail technician. Okay. And what spurred you on to buy um, her parents' cleaning company? Well, her her parents were suffering some health issues, and mm-hmm. so they've kind of stepped away from the company, and it really wasn't performing well. And I was uh, working for another friend of mine in town, and basically we just got to talking and said, you know, like White Gloves just, it's really not doing very good, and, and they're still, they're moving away every year, every winter to go spend somewhere warm, and so the company was just really suffering, and I said, you know, I've had a year and a half of business school. I don't have a degree or anything, but I'm a hard worker. And I mean, let me take over and, and see what I can do. And um, White Glove's been wildly successful since then. And, and so they they decided to retire and move away. And I said, okay, it's well, it's time for me to buy the company mm-hmm. and do it, do it all my way. Nice. And give a little bit of background of, of White Glove professional uh, cleaning service. Yeah, White Glove was originally started in 1974. Whoa. Yeah, and I I should know, but I, I, I just do not remember the name of the gentleman that started it. Um, I'd hate to miss, miss say his name. And then uh, Dick and Sandy Sheptrain, which everybody still to this day, they're like, oh, you work at White Glove? You know Dick and Sandy? Hmm. They So they, they made White Glove known. They bought it, I believe, in 1981. And they also bought the property that White Glove sits on uh, in that same time also. Okay. 
And so they've owned, they owned White Glove and really made it into the company that, that people know for so long. And then my wife's parents bought it from them in 1999. They, they owned another company called Jackson Hole Cleaners. Mm-hmm. And Jackson Hole Cleaners went ahead and bought White Glove and they combined the two buildings or two businesses. Hard to imagine in 1974 there was much of a need or demand for a cleaning company here in town. Yeah, it was mainly just janitorial at that point. And when uh, Dick and Sandy took it over, they really expanded the business and got into carpet cleaning and house cleaning. And it got very successful, and it was too much for Dick and Sandy to manage. So they actually uh, backed down and reduced what they did and reduced their amount of employees to, to what they could handle. And now that you're running it as your own business... How many employees are you? Do you have on your your staff? Yeah, quite a few now. I, I have thirty seven on staff. Wow! Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, when I I took over White Glove, there was twelve. No kidding. Yeah, and you remind me again when you took it over. Um, I took over White Glove March twelfth, two thousand eighteen. Okay, and I stepped in at that point as the general manager, just running day to day operations and getting a feel for the business and where I could improve, where I could be in benefit to the operation of the business. And it really just worked out well. I just have a good work ethic and I didn't mind working, you know, 15, 16 hours a day. Mm-hmm. It's what it takes to build a business, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And do you and your wife have kids here? We do. We have two kids. We have a three and a four-year-old. Nice. Boys, girls? Yeah, both boys. People ask us all the time if they're twins because the three-year-old is only about a half inch shorter than the four-year-old. And I'm sure with you running that business and having a three- and four-year-old in the house, um, your life is never boring. Yeah, I'm very busy, yeah. Usually start early in the mornings, uh, go back to the house a lot of the time, about the times that the boys wake up, see them for a few minutes, go back to work, and then home when I'm home in the evening and, and play Mr. Dad and try and give mom a break because she's mm-hmm. worked hard, obviously, all day with a three- and a four-year-old. Yeah, that's a lot of work for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's very busy. So tell me, being a business owner here in in Jackson, what do you feel has been some contributing factors to the success that your business has had? Um, really, I think that the biggest thing for me is is having a good reputation in town, just making sure that I always keep my promises, keep my word when I tell somebody that I'm going to do it, I do it. Because in Jackson, it's Jackson's been very busy, and we don't really get the off-seasons like we used to, but it's still a small town. People still know everybody, and word of mouth is, is the most important thing. We don't do any advertising we just have the same customers that we've had for 20 plus years. Uh, I do a lot of contract work and I always fulfill the contracts, you know, mm-hmm. to the letter. And I mean, that sometimes that requires me, like I said, to work, you know, 16 or 17 hour days sometimes to just make sure that, that we follow the contract to the T and, and do a good job. So they just keep, keep coming back to us. And what about with your employees for them to understand the importance of upholding those contracts and the hard work how do you convey to them that same philosophy 
I mean, honestly, like I just have a really good staff right now. We have so few problems. Uh, we work a lot with them. Most of the people that work for me have been with me for a long time. So they know me personally. I'm always honest to them. I, I go help them out. If somebody needs time off, I can't remember the last time I told somebody, no, they couldn't have time off. Like usually I or my general manager, Ezekiel, will go and cover their shift for them and let them have time off. Most of the people that work for me have children. So I understand the importance of family life and and having that time off. And if even sometimes if they need to bring their children to work, that's fine. It's a family business. Mike and Carol, my wife's parents who owned it, took their kids to work with them. My wife remembers getting up at four o'clock in the morning and driving out to Calico so her parents could clean Calico in the morning. Hmm, no so, kidding. Yeah. So it's always been a business that's built on just working together. We're, you know, we're not all family, but it's a family run business. And that's how I have to treat it is that everybody that works for me, I understand that they have families to take care of and work is just one part of it. Mm-hmm. So I can't, can't demand such a rigorous schedule and I have to be there for them when they need me because they're there for me when I need them also. Very basic and simple philosophy that philosophies there. Where'd you pick up the idea of that's how you should treat people? Because the reason I ask is there's business owners or leaders who lead in the method that you do, who are understanding and they're compassionate. And then there's other business owners who are very loud, demanding. They don't relate to the employees and say, well, this is what just has to get done and you just need to do it. I don't care if you have kids or not. Where did you pick up this philosophy of how to operate your business? Well, I've not always been a business owner. I've worked for both spectrums of, of those <laughs> types of leaders. I'm sure running heavy equipment you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's never fun to go to work and be not appreciated or, you know, even maybe have people overreact at you where they yell at you or, you know, use profanities. You know, I don't use profanities with any of my people. I don't yell at them. You know, really without my employees, I wouldn't have a job either. So I respect them as that because we uh, it takes all of us to make this whole thing work so i've just always treated people it sounds so cliche but the way that i've wanted to be treated is like hey we're all here to work you know like let's just do our jobs get along and then we can go home to our families and we spend so much time of our life at work that it should be enjoyable it, it shouldn't be one of those jobs that you just hate to go to so true so true and i share that with my team regularly we're around each other a lot might as well have fun with it and get along with each other yeah exactly i mean we just we got to make the most of it we do a lot of janitorial work Mm -hmm. our job's a little dirty and and if you can't laugh at some of the stuff you see then then uh i mean you're just you're not going to have fun you're in the wrong place well that brings up a a question i'm interested to know more about with Keeping everybody's privacy, what are some of the things that you see that sometimes you just have to laugh about? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we do some dirty jobs. We, we, uh, we clean a lot of restrooms mm-hmm. in, in the Jackson area. And uh, there's people that just don't really have respect for the facilities. You know, like the town and the county spend a lot of money and put a lot of work to provide such nice facilities for Jackson, the residents and the visitors alike. They all use those facilities and you get people that are just 
disrespectful to mm-hmm. that. And I mean, one of the worst ones that I've seen personally is uh, somebody used their own fecal matter to display drawings of certain sorts on walls in the bathrooms. No way. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That is horrible. Well, you just, you put your hazmat suit on and you go in oh. there and clean it up. Oh, man. I remember one time at the liquor store, we had somebody lose their bowels from the front door all the way to the restroom and then just lost it in the bathroom as well. Yeah. It was it was a dirty day at the store. Yeah, and that stuff happens. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff I'll go and clean up because especially at public restrooms, you know, like it's in the middle of the day and somebody had an accident. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of health issues. And so you just have to be understanding of, of those accidents. Mm-hmm. It's fine. We get a call. I'll go clean it up. It's not a big deal. It's mm-hmm. it's the intentional stuff that just kind of bothers you when they're drawing on the wall. Ugh. You know, they, yeah. they clearly don't have any health issues. They're just being disrespectful to the, the process that everybody's trying to do to provide these sanitary places, you know. That, that, is, that is brutal. That is absolutely brutal. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine. Um, Bryce, we're going to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors, and then we will be right back. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling wants to remind you to bring those reusable bags when you go shopping for groceries at your favorite store around town. Our goal in our community and all communities should be to reduce the amount of single-use products we go through each day. By using reusable bags, you help accomplish this goal. Another goal you can set is food waste composting and yard waste composting. Find out in your community if this is available to you. But here in this area, it is at the Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling Center. Call 733-7678 for up-to-date hours of operation. Additional support comes from the Vault of Jackson Hole, Jackson Hole's only climate-controlled wine storage facility and offering temperature-controlled storage for businesses. Call 307-248-6392 to connect today. Bryce, welcome back. We were just talking about some of the uh, disturbing things that uh, you and your um, teammates get to see as cleaning up with with white glove. Um, What do you think makes this place so appealing for you and, and your team to be here? Um, why here? Why Jackson? Uh, I mean, Jackson has such a wide variety of people. I I think there's so many reasons to be in Jackson. Of course, the mountains, uh, draw many people, you know, all year round the rivers, each, each person has to find their own little niche to be here in Jackson because we do have long winters and, and hot summers. So if you're not really appreciating something about here, you're just, you're not going to make it. Um, for me, I have always loved the mountains, always wanted to be in the mountains, and that's where I am. I, I do love to vacation to the beach. Sure, that's great, but I, everybody that lives in Jackson always says, oh, it's nice to be home. You know, it's really mm-hmm. nice nice to be back. And, of course, marrying a, a local girl with strong family ties, their their family's been in town for a long time. Uh, you know, I'm pretty nestled in and, and not going to go anywhere, not able to and, and not willing to. Yeah. You can certainly feel like being a local very fast here when you find your niche, as yeah. you were saying, finding that thing that, that draws you here. I'm, I'm really curious with your 
with your team, how you keep them, um, I guess, motivated, keep them having fun at work because not everybody would seize their ideal work as being what you guys do cleaning and you do a big range of it as well so what do you do i mean you've got people who've been working for you you said for many years now there's something that you're doing there other than just treating treating them well what's the motivation to keep it going and happy every day i mean i i honestly don't know the answer to that question my my number two in the company ezekiel i couldn't do it without Ezekiel, like he's he's uh, dual language. A lot of the people that work for me speak Spanish. Ezekiel has been absolutely crucial to the growth and and sustainability of White Glove. He's he's a really good guy. He's a, a lot younger than I am, and he's got a bunch of energy that I don't have. And he really helps with a lot of the nighttime stuff. He covers a lot of the jobs. He's he's able to have that communication with the people that either don't speak a lot of English or maybe none, they can speak freely to him and then he relays it to me. And I think that helps a lot because they can, they're not worried about saying the wrong thing and having a misunderstanding. They can really speak freely to him and and we're open about that too. Like I have really good contact with all of my employees. I I talk to them. Uh, Ezekiel keeps in touch with them. You know, we we pay on time. I'm never late with payroll, which has always been important to me. Um, I think we pay really well and people just seem to want to stay. I I, I do have some jobs that are a lot better than others. Mm -hmm. And so I do actually have like a waiting list of people wanting to come to work for me for those certain jobs. Now, of course, I could use more people during the day for other jobs, but there's a few that just that really work out well for people. And so all their friends and family want to come and work. And I just, I don't have enough of those jobs for everybody. That's impressive for this town <laughs> to hear that for certain shifts, you have people lining up waiting to take. Yeah, it's a rarity for sure. It certainly speaks volumes to you and Ezekiel with what you're doing over there, for sure. Now, over the years since I've been here, I've seen a lot more cleaning companies come on board does that ever make you nervous um sometimes i i think about it but usually i try not to let let it occupy too much space there is a lot of cleaning companies they they spring up and some of them don't make it and and some of them do um i just try to work with them i i'm not trying to compete against anybody in town i'm just trying to run my business and raise my family so you know a lot of times I I really pass work like White Glove gets a lot of phone calls. And so I have like four other companies that I just passed a lot of that work on to. I work really closely with Blue Sky. They've been really great to help with all the carpet cleaning. They they take a lot of that work for us. I have a couple of other little small house cleaners that I I send residential cleanings to. Mm -hmm. And um, we also sell supplies and so i do have those cleaners coming in to buy cleaning supplies and paper products from us and it's been really great to get to know the these other owners and it's a better network for me because when customers call i don't just leave them oh sorry i can't help you out i can be like well 
sorry, I can't help you out, but here's a couple of numbers that you can try. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, you know, some of these people that I work with will or get the work, but everybody's so busy. Maybe they say no also, but it goes back to wanting to help people. Like I, I still have that. Uh, I don't know if I want to say nurturing feeling, but I genuinely care and want to help people. So when people call and ask for my help and I can't give it to them, you know, it's, it's it's a little difficult for me so having a big network of people is is awesome because then i can refer people because mm -hmm. people are calling you like and they just want help you know well i can't come clean for you but here's some phone numbers maybe they can and i've done as much for that person as i can sure that's um i'm sure speaks volumes and um says a lot for why people are sticking around with you and why you've had customers for so many years as well yeah, hopefully. Hopefully mm -hmm. they're happy. Yeah. Well, I think somebody's happy if, if you've been <laughs> able to grow grow the business from 12 people to about 37 people. Yeah. There's something going on well there that, you, that you're doing for sure. And um, I had no idea that you guys were that large. Yeah. A lot of our work goes on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And at what time of day are you guys starting work and what time do you guys work till? There's... Pretty much somebody from White Glove working 24 hours a day, seven no days a week. No kidding. Yeah. Really? So you guys do something every single day of the year. You do not take a day off. Yeah. Holidays are the best for us because uh, a lot of buildings are closed. People go and do their things for the holidays. Uh -huh. uh, so it's great for us because then we can go in during the day and do stuff that we'd normally be doing at night or on the weekend. So mm -hmm. we love holidays. Yeah. Even Christmas Day. Yeah, even Christmas yeah. Day. Work every every year on Christmas Day. Man, that, that takes a lot of commitment and uh, fortitude to keep that going, uh, working on Christmas Day as well. And what's the range of stuff that you guys clean? I mean, are you guys cleaning commercial hoods and then cleaning hoods in people's kitchens? Are you cleaning houses, individuals' houses, or are you just commercial? Yeah, we don't clean any commercial hoods. Uh -huh. uh, I have a guy that I network for that and can recommend him. Uh, but we, we do clean restaurant kitchens. Uh, we just don't clean any of the hoods. It requires going up on the roof. I don't let anybody of my company on a roof. Mm -hmm. Safety is definitely a priority. But we clean uh, pretty much anything commercially. Yeah, we clean a lot of office buildings. Uh, we do residential home cleanings, wash windows, pressure washing, carpets. Um, I mean, you name it, I, I think that, that we do it. Yeah, it sounds like it. And and I think one of the coolest things that you guys do is the steam cleaning as well, which we've taken advantage of that a few times at the liquor store. Yeah, we we can uh, we have special systems to steam clean tile floors, get grout clean. We can uh, polish stone floors and, and seal them, showers. Yeah, we, we uh, pretty much can do just about anything if somebody calls us and we have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And with all of the construction going on in this town, are you guys considered construction cleaners as well? So you go in after a construction job and do the cleaning to have it sparkle after that? Yeah, we do. We do a lot of construction cleaning. I, I keep that on the smaller end. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't like dealing with the, the big buildings that are going to take you know, weeks to clean because I just don't have that kind of time. I have to stay loyal to the customers that I have. So there are a few construction companies in town that we do clean for, but it's definitely a lot smaller jobs. We just don't, we just don't have the capacity to clean those bigger buildings mm -hmm. and, and offer the same service to our customers that have been with us for a long time. They're really priority. And how do you ensure that your people are 
doing the right thing when they go into um, office buildings or other businesses at night. What's your screening process like? Yeah, so everybody goes through a, a background check to make sure that that you know they're not criminals of some sort. So, and then we do training. You know, Ezekiel really does the training. He'll go in to the businesses with these people and train them how to do it and then it takes us a little bit of time to to settle into new jobs people have to get their rhythm going and once they they do that people usually stay at those those jobs and those businesses for a long time fascinating so what's your onboarding process then i mean how long does it take for you to bring a new employee on for them to feel to where you guys feel that you can just let them go and and do their own thing yeah, I mean, it depends with each individual and the jobs. Uh, some of the jobs that we do may be more complicated. We may have a scope of work that has 100 items on it that, that need to be done. And in certain rotations, not everything's done every night. And so each person and each job are, are just a, a different situation. And not everybody works out for every job. So maybe they're not good at this one. So we switch them to a, a different job and they excel there. So we're, we don't mind moving people around. And it goes back to is number one, we want people to be able to enjoy their work. They're going to do a lot better job at that point. Mm-hmm. And number two is we really want the job to be done good because I depend really on the reputation of word of mouth that we do a good job. So sometimes we do have to move employees around back and forth until we find the right fit and and that's fine that's fabulous so do you have desires and aspirations to be in other communities as as well are you going to take over the valley you know go down into the canyon other side of the hill or reach some other communities in the area no i don't i don't have any big expansion plans like that Mm -hmm. i i Jackson's home, and I and I definitely want to stay here. I don't want to be a commuter. I'm I still rent in Jackson. Haven't been able to buy a property yet, but I I'm definitely working on a couple of things right now. I won't go too much into, but working on a couple of things right now. But it's all in the in the Jackson area. Fabulous. Well, I look forward to hearing what some of those things are that you're working on if they come together. Because as we all know. Um, what we start on doesn't always, um, the end result is not always the same as what we envision it in the beginning. So um, I look forward to staying in touch and hearing how your success goes there, Bryce. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, not everything always comes to fruition, but you never know. Yeah, that's right. I'm curious for you and, and your business and, and, and your family, what does it feel like the fact that you are operating such a successful large impact business but that you're still renting here in town (laughs) yeah good old jackson housing yeah uh it's it's been rough i don't mind renting um it's not that big of a deal to me i did own a home in victor Mm -hmm. and i just i couldn't run the business the way it needed to be run and commute you know couple times a day to Victor and have children it was just it was too much so we did sell that house a few years ago and are renting in Jackson again and it's really not that big of a deal I would just like to make sure that I have a stable place for my children and so that's one of the projects I'm working on now because our lease was not renewed this year we haven't heard anything from the land uh, owners 
So we're just kind of sitting here really curious of what's going to happen to us. Mm -hmm. And really my only concern is my wife and kids. You know, I could sleep out of my car if I needed to, but my children need a a good steady place to live. And it's, it's been tough. Jackson's a, a tough place for sure. Is that stressful for you and your wife to think that you're not sure of what's going to happen next for housing? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. My wife, I think, feels it a lot more than I do because I'm so busy running around. And, you know, she's at home with the boys raising them. And I, I think it's on her mind a lot more than mine, which makes it a priority for me because obviously I want her to enjoy her life also. Sure. Well, you sound very dedicated and to to your wife and your, and your boys and that I commend you for balancing um, your family life and balancing uh, operating a a successful business. You don't look or sound as though you're exhausted. I can hear in your voice that you truly have enjoyment of what you do and where your life is right now. And and I give you huge kudos to that. Oh, thanks. Um, I am exhausted. (laughs) I am tired, but... um you know, you just, you keep doing what you do. And all, all parents know that. Like you mm-hmm. just, you don't really get a choice in the matter. You're just always tired, but you, you know, the boys still need attention and, and so does the business. And, and you just, you have to keep going and, and it doesn't matter if you're tired or not. That's right. That's right. Business is just like a little child that <laughs> you got to give it the same amount of attention for sure. Uh, yeah, just in exactly a way. right. Yeah. So Bryce, if people want to reach out to you and your company, what's the best way that they can find you guys? Um, a, a phone call or a text. Okay. Um, you know, again, uh, staffing. I, I've not been able to have somebody in my building that has the door open so people can come in and, and see us. So really, you just have to call or text us and... Um, our business phone rings right to my cell phone. So my cell phone rings about a hundred times a day. Does it? <laughs> and uh, please leave a message or text me and I will get back to you as soon as I can. <laughs> What's your business number? Uh, 733-3189. And what's the, do you guys have a website? We do. Yeah. Whitegloveprocom Whitegloveprocom I love it. Well, thank you for keeping White Glove going for all of these years and congratulations on the success that you have had with that company just because a community is busy and growing doesn't mean that every business is successful but can certainly see that you're running a successful business and people are sticking around with you for a reason and and i certainly applaud you on that one and and i'm glad that you came here today to to share your story because we all have a story to share and yours is is an important one and yours is a story which it's it's good for everybody to hear what goes on in the background of our community and that's something that your business does it's people people go someplace they expect it to be clean or they show up to work in the morning and their office space is clean or the kitchen where they work is clean but they didn't do it. But it's you and your crew that keeps that going. And, and thank you for doing that. Yeah, not just me. There's a lot of really good cleaning companies in this town that mm-hmm. that work really hard, you know, like I said, to, to provide a good, safe and sanitary space for not only the visitors, but, you know, all the residents, like you said, mm-hmm. that come to work and have a clean place to 
to work and, and feel safe in that space. Like there's a lot of hardworking cleaners behind the uh, times that, that do that. Now, a quick COVID question, if I may. Yes. Did that change or how did COVID change how you guys operate and did it change how you guys clean some it, things that you had to do different? Yeah, it, it did a bit. I mean, fundamentally, we're, we go in and clean a space. Mm-hmm. That's what we do is, is cleaning and sanitizing the space most places on, on a nightly basis. When, when COVID came around, we, we did start using different cleaners, things that are approved to kill uh, COVID on a more regular basis. So those things got used nightly instead of in, in deep cleaning situations. We did a lot of fogging of offices. When you put that chemical that, that kills COVID in a machine and it actually casts out a fog in the whole office, that way we made sure that all touch spots are done, even keyboards and mouses, uh, paperwork, the chemicals don't don't hurt any paper. So we, we did a lot of fogging and it, it did take a lot more work for all of those regular jobs just because we had to make sure that we touched all high impact areas every night, every time. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure you and your staff worked very hard to keep this community safe during that aspect. And I appreciate for what you guys have done. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you, Bryce, for coming and sitting and chatting with me today and look forward to seeing uh, the white glove professional cleaning vehicles out on the road. Um, looks like you guys got some new wraps out there. Congratulations. Yeah, we did. We rewrapped all the vehicles. And uh, like I said, we don't do any advertising that people have, have always said over all the years that white gloves. Oh, yeah, we see your vans everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, congratulations to your success, Bryce. Thanks for coming today. Yeah, thank you. I yeah. really appreciate it. You're welcome. Good to see you, sir. To learn more about Bryce and White Glove Cleaning Service, visit thejacksonholeconnection.com, episode number 148. Thank you, everyone, who keeps this podcast going, all of you regular listeners and the new ones. Thank you to my wife, Laura, my boys, Lewis and William, and my editor and marketing director, Michael Morey. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of The Jackson Hole Connection.